1: Well, the adventure continues here in Southwest Virginia. I'll share more on today's program. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman A quick thank you yesterday for Jim Calhoun helping out. He's been quite a blessing to me during these days of travel and so many things we had to do when we were in Florida on a transmitter project and and now, in this looking for a place to live it, has been, it takes a lot of time. And trying to get the radio program done in a timely manner, get it distributed, and trying to make you know, meetings with people in places, it, it's, it's been a, it's been quite a journey here in Southwest Virginia. and I, I have no regrets for coming up here uh, to look around. I'll talk about what's going on there in just a little bit. I want to share a few news stories here at the beginning of the program today. Things that I ran across in my email as I got started to prepare for today's program. Many of you know that I spent some time working in emergency management. It was something that came to me later in life in my 50s. And it was you know, after I had lost my first wife and and just trying to re- regroup my life, I had done some radio work, I had done some ministry work and and I fell into a job I really didn't apply for only because of my media background. Now, this job started at a county level to develop a web page and a public relations strategy getting information out to county residents. That was my job, a a public information officer. And I thought it would be a decent job for the time being. Um, Sometimes the work of ministry and sometimes even the work of of being on radio, it it can take a toll. And And my mind and my heart were just not in it at that point. And this wonderful opportunity came along, so I took it. Now, the interesting thing to me is how emergency management changed in just a matter of years uh, in in the time that I worked there. When I came to work, my biggest concerns were not international news items. We were more worrying about what would happen if we had a tornado in our community, um, an ice storm, uh, maybe an issue at one of the manufacturing plants in the region you know a lot of these companies a lot of these places do have hazardous materials and so our primary concern was basically the day-to-day mitigation of of things that could be a problem you know flooding so these are the things that that occupied my time the the idea of international terror was not really on my radar screen when i entered Into emergency management, but that changed a little bit in the first couple of years. At the county that I worked in, we had gone to an all day seminar. um, I believe it was at Clemson University, which is not far away from where I was working. And this gathering, maybe it lasted a day or two, discussions about what would be considered terror threats, uh, came into being for emergency managers to, to understand. Now, you've got to remember the mindset. This is like 2008, 2009, where, where people's thinking were at. And, and though it was not the primary thing that we had to deal with every day, we needed to be aware of some things that had happened in, in the United States you know, with some bad foreign actors. And so I got involved with planning, and during that time, I learned a lot, and I also began to be concerned a lot in a few trends that I saw in emergency management. There's an international organization called the International Association of Emergency Managers, IAEM, and I was a member, as many people in that business were, for a number of years. And it seemed as an international group, and I had no particular problem with it, but the domination of what is becoming something to be concerned about as an emergency manager was shifting during that time that I was there. Suddenly, things like you know tsunamis, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes were becoming less important And there were two new threats being substituted in, and not so much terror. We started hearing the beginnings of climate change is going to be the root of all disaster. Climate change. Man-made, of course, climate change. I saw by 2009 and 2010 how the United States Air Force had gotten deeply into emergency management. And they, when you'd come to these conferences, wherever they were held every year, there was more and more of a military contingent from around the world showing up at these meetings to be involved in emergency management. Now, you have to understand that under federal laws written, that's not easy to do. There are certain things that uh, the military cannot do in terms of emergency management. But I felt a little bit like, you know, what's going on here? It's like the federalization of all local emergency management. And I didn't like what I was seeing. But then again, I always realized my time in that job was just for a season. And as the years went by, a few years later... I knew because of politics, I don't even like dealing with politics at a county level, let alone at a state and a federal level. I mean, there's some soul selling going on when it comes to politics. And so by 2014, you know that job had run its course. And I was more than happy to load up and head to Florida and, and rebuild my life with more of an eye toward, you know, ministry, maybe some radio work and, and what have you, and, and some of that came into into being. But those years in emergency management, they have paid off because it has given me an understanding of how the system works. And and also the the tie between agencies internationally many of them which are funded by an organization that I really don't like, and that's called the United Nations, and another organization that I really don't like, which is the World Health Organization. These agencies, these organizations, these groups have been in place for, for decades, many decades, and they seek to have global control over people and groups and territories. You can say what you want, but that's what they do. World Health Organization just had a story out, and I saw this. This came out in an emergency management um, publication. I, I'm still on their mailing list, so occasionally I I see these things uh, come across my my email. And this story came out, I think, about a week ago, and but it came in my email today from the International Association of Emergency Managers. They wanted us to see it. And just looking at some of these headlines and looking at this one in particular, and also knowing what I know from my firsthand work during these past couple of years, especially in 2020, the WHO, the WHO, estimates nearly 15 million people died. And it's all linked to the COVID pandemic. And they want you to share this article of fear and speculation that the World Health Organization said more than twice as many people died as a result of the COVID pandemic than the official data actually shows. If, and, and, and here's the caveat line that you'll blow right past it and not realize what you just read and what you just ignored if including deaths of other causes that might not have occurred in more typical times. So the World Health Organization released last week a report estimating somewhere between 13 and 16.6 million deaths were linked to the coronavirus pandemic in its first two years. The long-awaited estimate is more than double the official death toll of 6 million. And I look at this and I'm scratching my head. And, and this death toll is, you know, taken between, you know, January 2020 and the end of December of 2021, not even counting what's going on in 2022. And this sobering data only points, according to the article, of the impact but also the need for countries to invest more in resiliency and health systems that can sustain essential health services during a crisis. And that, of course, and we need stronger health information systems that can be globally controlled. That's from the WHO chief, Tedros, yeah. I mean, this guy... You know, number one, I do not believe for a minute the numbers that have been tossed around regarding the pandemic. And look, I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, I had an uncle that died of the of, of the coronavirus and this person died. And I'm thinking to myself, did they really die of the virus with the virus or from improper treatment of the virus? We now know. And this is what angers me to the point that it's sometimes hard to be in front of this microphone with some of the things that have come out that I've seen. And it makes sense. We've been had by the who and others. Why did we ever come up with a protocol of treatment that guarantees lousy results and suppressed treatments we know would work? Having a couple of doctors that I've spoken to made something very clear. A lot of people that came down with the virus that were in the hospital wearing their face mask on a ventilator, on remdesivir and other drugs and, and protocols, instead of being treated like we normally would have treated people with something like this years before, guaranteed more people would die. It's like we wanted A high death number. Because with a high death number, you can can live, have people live in fear. You can do to them what you want. Control them. Fear is the greatest motivator for control of a population. And I'm going back to, to 2020. Look, I remember my first reaction to... A coronavirus. I am not a medical expert, but I'm smart enough to know that something in the world is going on that we needed to understand. I mean, I can figure that out. You could figure it out. There's something out there. It was in China and then it made its way to Italy and then it was on a a cruise ship. And then we started seeing cases here, there, and everywhere near major cities where there are airports and people would be traveling. And at that point, it didn't matter to me one bit where it started. We just, how do you deal with it, was my only concern when I was asked to come out of retirement and help a large county. And that's what we did. And we worked off those numbers of the Imperial College of London telling us how many millions upon millions upon millions of Americans are going to die in a matter of a few months. When you look at the United States population, and you look at this new number of 16 million, you know people dying. Well, you know the, these numbers have been all over the road since the very beginning; these up and down waves, and. When you read as much material as I've had to read, ask as many questions as I've had to ask to try to get some truth, which is really in a, a commodity that's in very short supply, it is. It's in terribly short supply. Finding truth and honest information and honest brokers of information. And so I look at these stories about the estimated deaths from COVID. Now, I have a friend of mine, lives in Florida, who had the normal course of treatment, what they now call the the protocol course of treatment. Had that treatment been allowed to continue, he would be dead. He would have died. But his wife, who is a very tenacious individual, got him out of that veterans' hospital with the help of their attorney and threatening force if needed to get him out of there where he received treatment. And while it's taken him a while to recover, he has recovered. Had he stayed where he was out, he would be dead. So don't give me this, look, the last place I would go if I was ever diagnosed with COVID-19 is the medical establishment that's still running around with their stupid, silly face diapers and protocols. There was a meeting I wanted to attend this summer in Washington, D.C. I'm not going to go because they require not only vaccination, but boosters and everything within six months and face diapering to enter their building. It's a federal government building. Obviously, I have no desire to play their silly, stupid games for things that don't work. Hey, Bill Gates has got covid. The governor of New York has got covid. All these people have COVID. They're all vaccinated and boosted. And they want disciples to get more of you jabbed with this garbage. And now we're seeing from England some really interesting numbers. It's a pandemic of the vaccinated. They're the ones coming down with this stuff because their resistance is being ruined by these vaccines. Just ruined. Their immune systems are declining. Not just to COVID, but everything else. Why do we have These massive spikes of people dying, and we're not talking COVID now, okay? They didn't come down mysteriously with COVID-19 and keel over on the street, ready for the hazmat crew to pick the body up. Why are we seeing people in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their early 60s? Why are these people dropping dead in alarming numbers Why are healthy soccer players having heart attacks on the field in unprecedented numbers? What is the common thread to all of these individuals? (laughs) Well, they're doubly vaccinated and probably boosted. But you can't talk about that at the intellectually, morally and spiritually bankrupt CNN and MSNBC. Oh, no, no, no. We worship the God that gave us the vaccine, You can keep your clot shot to yourself. You know, when they talked about vaccines in 2020, and I can remember Dr. Anthony Fauci saying it could take years to develop a vaccine that would be properly tested and safe for the public. And so don't listen to to the president talk about a vaccine. Then as soon as the election is over, he's on the bandwagon promoting this stuff. Get some today. As soon as you're eligible, line up. Line up. Get on the list. Get vaccinated. Become COVID bulletproof. And the worst part is that little reprobate, that little Napoleon, that individual needs to be in prison. Not on the public payroll he's been funding all kinds of well hostile things to to society millions upon millions of dollars going to these non-government organizations to do the dirty work the government's not allowed to do and he's been behind so much of it i mean he has been you know he seems to be in the in the middle of it all all the time little anthony fauci And so here we are today with the WHO, you know, a little more panic porn going on here. Fifteen million deaths linked to the coronavirus. Where, Where are the highest excess mortality rates? And he said they're concentrated in Southeast Asia, Europe and the Americas. Some 10 county countries accounted for 68% of all excessive deaths. You, know, you want to know where they weren't any or that many? The continent of Africa where they don't run around with these vaccines much by comparison. And they have all these other articles within the emergency management framework, things that I find highly offensive to my American spirit, so to speak. You have the Department of Homeland Security's dif- Disinformation Governance Board, Governing Board, and and so they have in emergency management, does free speech protect COVID-19 vaccine misinformation? What misinformation? The stuff we talked about that you said was misinformation has turned out to be true. Alex Berenson, I may not agree with a lot of his conclusions on certain topics but he's he's been right he's been dead on it and about lost his career because of it new york times reporter that noticed the information being given out about the vaccine something the numbers and the death all these numbers didn't add up even he noticed there was something wrong and he started talking about it and started writing about it and the and the people at Twitter decided that he is giving out misinformation, and he must be silenced and crushed like a bug. And so the Twitter vulture decimated his account. He can't. You know, he's gone. Berenson is suing them right now, and I hope that he wins because see, they've defamed him. They've called him a liar, and he can't. He can't defend himself. It's just this big behemoth company throwing their weight around with their multi-million dollar lawyers trying to silence him. Yet everything that Alex Berenson has written literally over the past year turned out to be totally true. Absolutely correct. But see, he is still being slandered as a COVID vaccine disinformation person. The disinformation is coming out of the CDC. The disinformation and the lies are coming out of the phony, phony approval for Pfizer for a vaccine you can't get they did last year. They're the ones that are the frauds. They're the ones that are the danger to you and your health. And they don't want to admit it. Why do all these high profile pro vaccine people why are they why are they the ones coming down with covid You don't hear that among the unvaccinated anymore do you Maybe it's because among the unvaccinated we've gone through it maybe never even knew it we have natural immunity and we're not going to risk that god-given natural immunity to some stupid, dangerous gene therapy that can cause long-term unknown health problems. How many times did the President of the United States keep changing his tune a little bit? Everybody needs to get their shot. Get your COVID vaccine today, and then you will never get COVID. Get your booster today. Take off your face mask. You won't need to wear one anymore. Well, for crying out loud, if that's true, why do you have to wear a face diaper in a government building if you're triple vaccinated and boosted? It's because the vaccines don't work. One thing that Alex Berenson wrote about a year ago is the very limited short term effect of these vaccines in lowering or slowing the spread of covid. And the efficacy of these non-sterile type vaccines is dismal. They work for a very short period of time. Then they go negative. They go negative. And the more you take, the more negative you end up going over time. What is it about this government we have in the United States today, the reprobates in D.C., in the Democrat Party, that are more worried about killing a baby in the womb... I mean this is this is their sacrament. Abortion is their sacrament. They they're Moloch worshipers. They believe in infant sacrifice to have better and more prosperous lives. That's what Moloch worship is. Killing infants for prosperity. And the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Moloch, is still in the world today if you hadn't noticed. And it's running rampant. It is, it is consumed by fire, the Democrat Party in the United States at the national level and in many parts at the local level. It is the party of the cult of death. They believe in their infant sacrifice and their screaming bloody murder. They're going to burn buildings down. They're, they'll kill people to get their right to kill before this is over. And gas prices keep going up. So what's the administration's solution to gas prices? You know, uh, cancel <laughs> cancel some leases on where, where you can get oil from this country. Let's make the prices go even higher again. Let's see if we can't get to $7 or $8 a gallon. Let's get everybody into an electric car where the electric grid in the United States is in, is incapable of dealing with that kind of a load. And you're not going to put a little tiny solar panel on the top of your little smart car to charge it up. It's not going to work. I guess you can put a windmill on top of one of these stupid little vehicles and maybe a couple of solar panels and you can just go, you know, a little down the street. The WHO is just one of the many demonic players in the world today. And I say that in all sincerity. They're demonic. They are absolutely demonic. They have lied. They have manipulated. They have been trying to get government agencies to give them more power and more money to tell nations what they must do. They want control of your freedom. Can you imagine that? So I look at these areas that they deal with. And I remember my time in emergency management. And how, and when I read the kind of things they deal with about, you know, transportation, uh, public health, these are all these things. And global warming, cybersecurity, detection, infrastructure, all these words. And the one word that I got to where I can't stand it, reimagine reimagine public safety reimagine reimagine education reimagine that's a term that means let's tear it apart and build up something to control more people with when you reimagine anything it's not to make it better it's to make it more intrusive Every time I see a, even a local government use the term reimagine, then I know these people are the type that need to be voted out of office. Anytime you hear that term, reimagine education. That's how you get critical race theory. That's how you sexualize mathematics, which is what they've done. That's how you bring in transgenderism and having boys going into girls' bathrooms because they reimagined education. I'll tell you, we need to understand. That so many of these agencies out there that sound so good, that came into being to protect us, are now some of the biggest threats and and danger to our lives. We are seeing things happen in the world today that are not accidental, and I, I really believe they are planned. We need to take more responsibility for ourselves and more responsibility for the things that we do. Now, when I get back from the break, I have several things that I do want to share with you about the trip that we are on and some of the things that have occurred this week that are still occurring this week. I'm kind of excited about some of the things that... They could very well be happening, and I want to share that on the other side. I think it'll be an encouragement to you that in spite of this seemingly hopeless time, there may be some hope. And I'm going to be sharing about just some things that I've seen and, and and how my wife and I are desperately seeking God's leading. We know the time has come for a change in the kind of ministry that we have. We also recognize we're retirees, too. But I want to be in service to God for as long as I can. And I want to see this radio program grow, and I want to see more, you know, moving pieces, as they say, in it more news, more help. I want this program to be a real resource, not only for news and information, but also in your day to day Christian walk. And I'm going to share some things that I've seen and heard in these past several days that have been just an encouragement. If you believe in the work that we're doing and can help us stay on shortwave, I still believe that shortwave is one of our most important ways of getting the message out. And the airtime bill comes in each and every month. Some months are, you know, it it becomes really close. This month has been a bit of a struggle, but I'm just letting you know that we could use your help If you can help us make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. And the city is Crestview. Crestview, Florida. By the way, Crestview is one word. Crestview, Florida, 32536. Now, that address, granted, we're traveling in in uh, Virginia. We'll be back in Georgia next week and then maybe back up here, maybe back in Florida. During this time of travel and you know, and not really having a, a constant roof, I'm going to continue using this mail service, which keeps it where they can get it to me when we know where we're going to be for several days. And I hated to have to do it, but it was I really had no choice. But they've done a wonderful job. So once again, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Number 3248, Crestview, Florida. That's Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That's 32536. And we will be right back.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The Waters of Banyas. Coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to really love and you'll be blessed. And Matthew 16, Peter says, You are the Son of the Living God to Messiah. He says, Who do you say I am? He says, The Son of the Living God. You have, in other words, you've come from God, you are, you proceeded from the Living God. Now it's a radical statement, but there's something also in it where this was said. This was said in Cesare Philippi, which is called Banias. Now that's a mountainous place and there's something very significant. You see, that's where the water is pouring out from that mountain. It's coming down. That's where the Jordan River begins. The Jordan River begins, and that's what's happening around them as they're saying this. You are the son of the living God. Basically, you've come from God. The word Jordan, that river that begins right there, is called the Yarden in Hebrew, which comes from a word that means to descend. It means the descender. It comes down. It goes down. It goes down the mountains, down the thing, down and finally into the Dead Sea. What a picture, because that's an incredible picture of Messiah. He is the descender. He's the one who came from heaven and poured himself out and descended to death, descended to humiliation, descended to all these things because of you. Who is Messiah? He is the one who has come down. He will come to you no matter what you're stuck in, no matter how deep the pit, he will come, no matter how low he'll come, just turn to him. His love comes like a river of mercy, rivers of peace, rivers of his presence come down to where you are. He's the son of the living God who comes down to your life from the heights to the deepest pit of your heart. Want more? Ask for the mystery of the waters of Zion, the waters of Zion. Now, the free gift for you from the sands of Judea, the awesome, awesome mystery of the temple doors now revealed. You'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get these gifts absolutely free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just dial 1 800 Yeshua 1. You'll be blessed with those gifts, but call now. That's 1 800 Y E S H U A 1. I invite you to minister with me, together bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and to the unreached peoples of all nations, with over 1 billion people. How? Just call 1 800 Yeshua 1. You'll have a great part in the end time harvest. That's Y E S H U A 1. Or write me direct at The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, LODI, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. It's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, LODI, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying he's with you if you open your heart. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Ben Elohim, the Son of the Living God.
1: is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, I want to share a lot of what's been going on in the background here in uh, Southwest Virginia and this part of the world that we're in, why we're here. and But I want to, really quick, I ran across this story and it was right here, my little stack of stuff to share with you that continued on with the thought that I had in the first segment about the virus, the pandemic. And how it has been used and abused. Look, it was used to steal an election. You cannot convince me otherwise. You do not have people with hundreds of ballots going to drop boxes at 2.30 in the morning, taking pictures of them, wearing a face mask and gloves to put them into a, a box in the middle of the night. Thousands of them. You can't convince me. But here's the story that I want you to understand, and this will just take a moment to go through. The World Health Organization, these are despicable human beings, in my opinion, today. Whatever their their lofty goals were 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, have been thrown away for politics, power and control and globalism. They're, They're one of the organizations you have to worry about. And their ties to the United Nations, which is nothing more than a front, in my opinion, for the new world order and to bring in the Antichrist world system. That's what it's become. Go back 100 years ago in our country. I want you to think about something. Go a little over 100 years ago. Woodrow Wilson, Princeton academic. Have these grandiose ideas. Let's have the Federal Reserve Board. You know, let's let the world's bankers run our money system in the United States. The Federal Reserve is not a government agency. We get to pick somebody on it. But other than that, it's the world bankers. They met at Jekyll Island, Georgia, and drafted a way to perpetuate their wealth at your expense. Something else that he did. Woodrow Wilson gave us the income tax, meaning that you're a slave to the government. You have to work so many hours for free for the government to give them money. Of course, it was sold as an idea. Hey, it's only a 1% tax on all incomes above $100,000. Yeah, in 1918, what a, who made 100 grand in 1918? Just the Rockefellers. That was about it. How fast did that number come down? And how fast has our income eroded? You, you can see the numbers. Direct election of senators to the United States. In other words, the states used to appoint their senators. And those senators had to answer to their state legislatures and governors for, the, for what they did. This guaranteed that the state of Kansas, South Carolina, New York, Ohio, Texas, Florida, California, didn't matter what state, had a voice in the federal government. And the states could band together and tell the federal government no on certain things that were not in their purview. Well, by going to a direct election, now senators running in the state of South Carolina or the state of Ohio or the state of anywhere get their money from all over the world, let alone the United States. They're beholden. They're not beholden to their states at all. Look at Hillary Clinton. She was a senator from New York. She never lived there until she moved there to Chappaqua to become a New York resident and go on a listening tour just to use the state as a launching pad for her presidential bid down the road someday. Mitt Romney, he's never been a resident of Utah. That phony conservative was the governor of Massachusetts. Massachusetts. At one time, and twice failed presidential candidate. And he can stay failed and in Utah for all I care. He's a globalist rhino. But see, the World Health Organization, they're drafting a global pandemic treaty that they want all the world leaders to sign. On pandemic preparedness, now, it's not just how to prepare for the next pandemic, which they will then themselves unleash. It grants them, are you ready for this, absolute power over global biosecurity, such as the power to implement Digital identities and vaccine passports, mandatory vaccinations, mandatory travel restrictions, standardizing medical care. I told you the standardized medical care probably killed more people than anything during the pandemic. I'm telling you this, this is what they want. And these are evil, satanic reprobates who have sold their souls to Satan. They're demonic. They're absolutely demonic. So why am I in this part of Virginia? Well, there's several reasons. Is this a place that if you had talked to me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, that I would have ever considered being in, even visiting? Probably not. Not at that point in my life and career. But today... Many things, the chances and changes of this life, there, a lot of things can, can happen if you hadn't noticed. Number one, I'm getting older. And so, you know, going somewhere to, let's say, plant a church and start it and spend many years developing it and shepherding it and getting it to the next stage may or may not be in my my future. That's simple. It just may not be there. Building another radio station, well, there's just no frequencies to do it, so that's probably not going to happen either. But what do I do? I feel God has put so many things on me that I we talk about on the radio program often. How many of these things do we talk about am I supposed to also implement? I We debated even, you know, all right, let's say we were able to sell this one home that we have, that God has been so... Well, let's put it this way. We, we have a, a windfall in a, in a piece of property that we never anticipated. It's just something we were able to take some savings and buy and repair, and it's worth something now. And, and our reason for being in that community doesn't exist anymore. We don't have any real family or friends up there, and it's a kind of an area that's very transitory, very vacation-oriented And it it was great during 2020 and 2021 for recording this radio program. It was great in 2017 and 18 when I was doing other things in that region that I knew I'd be doing for a short period of time. Yeah, I get that. I really do. But I also understand I have limitations at this point in my life. I'm 67. I'm in good health, and that may stay that way for five years, 10 years, 15. Who knows? I might be 87 years of age like my grandparents were and in excellent health, all the way till they were 98. That could happen. But then again, I've lost a couple of family members. Well, family by marriage, but I've lost a couple of family members. One in his 50s, one in his 30s. All in a period of a week. I'm not going to even speculate. Maybe some other day, it's not the time. None of us have got a guarantee of how long we have on this earth. And with the way this world is going, I have to wonder how long God can withhold Withhold his hand of judgment upon us. And I say that in in absolute and total sincerity. I really do. How long? How long can God hold back his hand of judgment on this world? I don't think for very much longer. The number of people that declare themselves to be Christians, true Christians, is declining every every year. You know that. I know that. And just a little side note: in our property searching up here in this part of the world, there's a church building for sale. It was built in 1979. Nice little church in a neighborhood that's not that bad. Kind of a nice neighborhood. I'd live there. I would have no problem. But is buying a church building something that I should even consider doing? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I, you can get another pandemic come down. They'll shut the, they'll, they'll padlock you out. Why would you want to have a church building in a day like this? Yeah, it's, believe me, I look at it and I'm going, yeah, there's even a house across the street. It'd be stretching our budget, small little building, nice little house, has everything, right? I mean, you could even walk to the church but is that what god will want we were visiting several communities we're not staying we're not looking at just one particular town we just want to be close enough to some family as we get older where we don't have to travel for a day and a half two days and overnight motel stays to to be with anybody where we're close enough to see people on a regular basis that's kind of part of this project it's not not the whole thing but it's part of it and where can God use us? I've been around the state of Virginia, but never this part of the state. And this is where Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, and you know, all this area, even West Virginia, all kind of meet in the mountains. And you see a lot of churches. And you see a lot of locally owned businesses. And the the, the people here are pleasant to be around for the most part. I noticed one thing. We were, we were on a highway. I'm not going to say where, but I've noticed several, well, there are a lot of Christian radio stations on the dial, some FM and some AM. Some of the FMs are more contemporary Christian music. No, not my thing, necessarily. I'm not going to say it. There's some, there's some Christian contemporary music I do not like because the message is horrible. It's not scriptural and it's all man-centered, but there are also some little AM stations that I heard playing Christian music and in these small towns that I would love to help out and keep them, you know, more technically better off than they are. You know, you got to love some of these small town stations, you know, they, 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 they do their best and i'm not trying to be critical but sometimes they you know they don't want to admit they need some help uh, i listened to one and they've been around for many many years doing it doing this and their hearts are all in the right place but they they are so behind in technology they're so behind in things that they need to be doing to remain a viable entity to cover as many people as they can and to add a little bit of um, well What's the word I'm looking? In other words, add a level of, um, of professionalism. I hate to put it that way, but I think a little bit of that never hurts. Not to lose touch with your audience, but, but not to make yourself the lacking, laughingstock of the non-Christians. You know, there's got to be that balance. Equipping God's people. Is, is what my ministry really is, whether it's this radio program and other things that I need to do, and I'll come right out and say it. I, I miss preaching on a regular basis. I don't do that. I haven't done it in about three years. Just prior to the pandemic, uh, I had gotten away from you know active every weekend ministry, and so I I don't preach like I used to, and I'm really missing it. Would I want to have a church? There's a part of me that says yes, but a part of me that says I can't afford a building and a house. I may be one or the other, but probably not both. And is is that what God is calling me to do? Or is that just something that my eyes are seeing and saying, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, why did this current church that's in the building, why is it for sale? I know one thing. They didn't build a new bigger building somewhere. I think they consolidated with another like-minded church just down the road that was also in decline. So we have to recognize even in this Bible Belt area that I'm in, the pandemic took its toll. I thought about maybe getting several acres, but you know, how do I get past all the permits and everything else required? to maybe have a little conference center and a small house on that property. But I'm getting too old to maintain You 10, 15 acres and, and septic tanks and roads and cleanup in cabins. And it's something that I just don't think I can do. If you had talked to me 20 years ago, I probably would have started such a ministry. But I can't do it. I've got other friends looking at this part of the world, too. We're just trying to think, what, why is God calling us here? Is this our place in the mountains to get away from some of the insanity of the world? Near civilization, but not quite in it? You know, being in the world, but not of it? And so even today, we're looking at everything from, do we go to conventional housing in town? Are we looking out of town? Are we looking for acreage? What are we looking for? And, and we keep going out and saying Lord would you would you give us the vision I think part of it I feel at peace with there are several places we've looked at that we just realized that the door seems to be closed there's nothing nothing there that either a we can afford um, that would meet the needs of where we live and being able to produce and do the ministry work that I think that we'll be doing for quite a while. So we, we I have to balance that as well. It's, I mean, if I was just looking for a house, that'd be one thing. And I'm more than certain we could find something to meet our needs very easily. But when you add the ministry component, it becomes vastly more difficult. And is that ministry in town, out of town? Do we need a piece of dirt on our property to grow food i think that we do not much just enough to help us and our neighbors and hopefully our neighbors will be doing the same thing during the pandemic gretchen uh, whitmer she didn't like the idea of you growing food i mean she forbid you from buying that stuff during 2020's pandemic no just the approved items you can buy And you'll get your food from where we tell you to get your food, which is Walmart. Such control from such reprobates. They want to deny you the right to even plant food and gardens. They want that kind of control. These are the things that I'm looking at in the world today. Jim Calhoun produces a program, and he's going to be doing some more on Shorewave, and, and he and I are talking, and others and I are talking, about using more of the, of the time available at WRMI. Jim is what produces a program about living off the grid. And I think it's important that we learn how to be a little bit less dependent upon the world. Even if you're in a quasi-urban environment, there are things you can do. And I think that's part of the ministry that lies ahead. The underground church, how do we develop it? How do we train it? How do we prepare it? It's also something that is really, really in the back of my mind today, more than you will ever, ever know. Because I recognize that time is coming and it's coming soon. We saw what happened in the first pandemic. And now they're going to, you know, they're going to, Bump these numbers up for more fear. Yes, it was really 16 million people died worldwide. In a world of how many billions? Are we talking maybe one in a few thousand people died worldwide from COVID-19? And how many of those people were health compromised or elderly to begin with? We can't talk about those numbers. That's misinformation. They must all be vaccinated and compliant and with a digital ID, according to the WHO. Democrats would love that, and they have more control over you. Look, they were tracking your cell phone to find out how many people were staying home. This was a dry run, if you haven't figured it out in 2020 and 2021. A dry run to see who's going to cooperate and who's not going to cooperate. We need a better plan than we have. And I'm afraid that most of us do not have a decent plan. Look, we're up here in this part of the world for two reasons. Family is nearby. And and that is a great help as my wife and I get older. But I want I don't want to just, you know, retire and, you know, watch TV all day. Producing this radio program, I want to be able to spend more time to give you a better quality product and work with other people to get more voices out there with more of the things that you need and others need. That's the goal. If I plant a church, wonderful. Maybe I'll teach you how to plant a home church. A small gathering that can worship in spirit and in truth when the next pandemic strikes. That's the ministry that I, I feel called to. And, and I hope that she'll keep us in prayer as we continue to look for the that place. There are a couple of towns that are about, one is an hour from here, one is about an hour and a half from here. That would be ideal places to live, but they're a little bit too far from the family. But I could see some incredible ministry potential. Lord, is that where I need to be? Other things have come into the mix. Lord, is that where we need to be? What talents do I still have? What gifts have you given me to use? My wife is so concerned about how can she be a helpmate in the ministry that God gives us. And and she has a number of things that have been on her heart for a long time that she doesn't speak much about. She's just waiting, just waiting like I am to have a clear understanding of where God would have us to be. Let me ask you this question. Would you pray for my wife and I during these next several days for several things? Number one, to have clarity in the calling of what we're supposed to be doing the place is not all that big of a deal as long as it's functional and it's where we're supposed to be. That's fine. I have no issue. Pray about this radio program and more like it. And I'll be talking a little bit about radio tomorrow. Uh, some things that have come to my mind and that I want to share. Those of you that listen on radio and wave will understand a lot of what I'm about to tell you tomorrow. Just keep all that in, in the back of your mind. Do you believe in the ministry we're doing? Would you pray, pray hard? You can support us from the website, which is truth2ponder.com. All the info is there. But if you're not online and you'd like to support us, here's our mailing address. Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address, truth to ponder truth to ponder 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. We are in Crestview. Crestview, Florida. Crestview is one word. Crestview, Florida. Zip code 32536. That zip code again is 32536. If you get a chance, send me an email and let me know how you listen to Truth to Ponder on radio or on podcast. Till tomorrow, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth2ponder.com. That's truth2ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.
0: We know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger free pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.